Hi, welcome. This particular channel will be devoted to reviewing 2023. If you feel like sharing anything, by all means, that's what this is for. And if it's related to any of the discussed topics of the episode, all the better. That's what this podcast is all about. So please come find us on Instagram on Let's Review with Layla and You. I will be dropping promotional posts accompanying the episode to start the conversations and give you all a place for some reciprocation. Welcome back to another review of 2023, also known as 2020 Me. Strike baby! Or so I've discovered is the theme of 2023. This episode will be reviewing April, part two, as the previous episode had to be cut short due to, as it turned out, COVID, which unfortunately now made me lose my unicorn COVID card because up until now, three and a half years, I was able to dodge any and all COVID bullets. But seeing that in my country, we don't test quarantine nothing, this was bound to happen. I'm just very thankful that I had my booster shot not that long ago, but still, it kicked my ass. Only recently, I've even remotely been up and about. As you can hear, I still sound a little off, but I'm well enough uh, live for some additional recording. So let's jump right back into it. In the previous episode, we checked out around the ableist section, centered around priorities, bad choices, and speaking of bad choices, in April, the Trump soap opera continued, where now Republican Jim Jordan was said to have hindered the Trump investigation and was being charged in New York. Good, we need to hold the enablers accountable too. So, Mike Lindell, another Trump fanatic, was required by an arbitration board in the state of Minnesota to pay $5 million to a software specialist, as he managed to prove that Lindell's claims about the voting machines and the 2020 election being stolen were bullshit. According to Lindell, the Chinese government manipulated the US voting machines in 2020, wrongly designating Joe Biden as the winner. He then launched a competition in the summer of 2021 with a $5 million reward for the winner. The prize money could be won if someone could prove Mike wrong. And apparently, a network expert, Robert Zeitman, went to work and won the challenge that Mike Lindell said, and Mike needs to pony up. Gotta love it. Poetic justice. Mm-hmm. And also, this might not be where it ends for Mr. Lindell, as one of the companies, Dominion, demands $1.3 billion. And, I mean, Fox News had to pony up almost a billion. $787.5 million in the defamation settlement. Dominion. So, <laughs> might want to dive into your savings account there, Mr. Lindell. Also, in April, Tucker Carlson got fired. A day I never thought I'd see. What? kind of annoyed me in all of this is they never had to officially admit that they lied because now months later people are still claiming that the election was stolen which time and time again was proven wrong untrue and so many people have gone to jail over it have had to pay nearly a billion dollars because of it and yet they didn't have to make an official statement that they were full of shit it's dangerous rhetoric and it's caused great damage it's still causing great damage to to the point where we now actually, quite possibly, have to deal with another Trump term. Showing what assholes they are, yet again, the Republicans voted to cut veterans care. Like, what the actual fuck, honestly. How these people get elected time and time again, how they remain in office. I'm starting to think we need to take more proactive action here, people. Because, like I've been saying, I've been voting, I've been sharing all the information with my peeps, and it's just not helping. Not nearly enough. So, viva la revolution, eh? Just an idea, just a suggestion. 
wondering, was anyone else tempted to double check the news item on April 1st when we learned that Russia was going to chair the UN Security Council for a month? Because when I saw that, even though it was on an official news site, my first response was, dude, that's not a funny April Fool's joke. And then I read the article and I learned that it wasn't a joke. It was in poor taste, if you ask me, but apparently it wasn't a joke. As it turns out, every month a country gets selected. And the last time Russia held the chairmanship was back in February 2022. In the history of the Security Council, it has happened on occasion that a country voluntarily relinquished the presidency. For example, the United States, China, Lebanon, and the United Kingdom have all relinquished their position at some point in recent history, mainly due to the fact that the month that they would have chaired the council was also when a meeting about an issue that directly affected them would take place. And seeing that Russia is actively waging war on Ukraine, I kind of would have assumed, but there you go, assuming, you know what happens when you assume that they would have relinquished it. But Russia really has no shame. So yeah, there you go. On that note, this month, Iran too was elected to the UN Commission on Crime Prevention. Again, poor taste? Bad joke? No. Again, something that actually genuinely, in accordance to the rules, happened. Even though they are known for torturing, executing prisoners, apparently suspected of poisoning all those schoolgirls. Like, this is one of the main reasons why I don't go into politics, because either it would kill my brain, or I would end up killing other people's brains or you know reading about it short circuits my brain let alone actually having to deal with this make it make sense anyone can anyone give me a reason why this would be deemed acceptable because a lot of stuff is happening has been happening has happened that is treated as normalized acceptable while at the same time we also all know feel realize acknowledge that it's not and it hurts my brain is that just me thing to celebrate is that Finland officially becomes a member of NATO. And hear me out. Why isn't every single country on the planet automatically a member of NATO? And then when you violate human rights or make war or, I don't know, violate the Geneva Convention, something or other, you get booted and thus you lose all your privileges. Is that like my child psychologist mind popping up? Reward system idea? Is that just silly me simplifying it to the point of I don't know. I just, I find it weird that people have to apply to something and then, I mean, again, what does NATO actually do? It's supposed to protect you, but look at Ukraine. Apparently, we're very willing to sacrifice Ukraine. And now it seems that we are more than willing to sacrifice Palestinians. Again, I think it missed the point of the exercise that this is allowed to happen. Same with Syria and, and China. And the reason why I'm not in politics. I have a lot of opinions and I have a lot of suggestions and ideas, but just the fact that this shit can happen and that all these people who are supposed to stop it from happening, allow it to happen. Plus, I don't want to spend the rest of my life trying to explain common decency, humanity, common sense to people who are clearly, many of them, not all of them, many of them are bought and paid for by corporations. Because how else do you explain that we just seem to, despite all of the knowledge and all of the proof, that many, if not all, of the foundations, procedures, systems are built on ableist, racist, colonialist worldviews. If anything, the laws banning access to to resources, knowledge, goes to show that you are terrified knowing that we are coming for you. And the funny thing is, if history has taught us anything, you are on the wrong side of history and you will lose. And the longer you drag this out, the more destruction happens and the more devastating it will be for all involved, for our planet, for us as a species, perhaps it even leads to the self-destruction of our species. 
It all started back up again when Russia attacked Crimea and basically got a free pass, emboldening every dictator on this planet. And I mean, you could go back further because round and round we keep going. But I do think that was one of the decisive moves that got this ball rolling again on a global level. And the global response to that, or the lack of a proper global response, initiated World War III. We are just not yet calling it that, but we're already globally in disarray and the war crimes are growing exponentially. The genocides, I mean, there are currently eight genocides happening on this planet at this time. Eight. There shouldn't be one. So I think Sean King is right. We need to become more proactive. We need to show those in power that we are the ones who give them power. And thus, we are also the ones who can take it away. And you might say that I am now inciting rebellion. Well, yes and no. I mean, if you see a kid playing with matches, don't you act? Take the matches away. I don't say slap the kid, kill the kid, but take away the thing that makes them a threat to themselves and others. And that's the whole point. What they're doing right now isn't just a threat, not even probably because they've got plenty of money and security to keep their asses safe, but they they are putting us all in the line of fire, even though many of us disagree with what's happening right now. I mean, the other day I was watching that movie, Pay It Forward, and again, call me an idealist, call me a dreamer, but I truly think that with small acts of kindness in our direct environment, that it ripples out. And we are all still living on the same planet. This planet is still one big-ass giant home environment, because we still don't have colonies on the moon or Mars or Venus or whatever. This is still the one and only home that we got. And yes, I am asking people to act. And that does not involve destruction. That involves creation. I'm asking for creation, never destruction. Because this destruction that we're seeing right now all over, that is the entire fucking problem. But wait, we were in April. Prime Minister Netanyahu decided to hire back the defense minister that he previously fired. Did you now? Hmm. Netanyahu refers to the growing security crisis in his country. Oh, you've noticed? How nice. Despite falling off his reform plans, the mass protests have continued throughout April. And something else that continued was the mounting tension in the area seems to be related to the important religious festivals that were going to happen because this year Ramadan, Passover, and Easter coincide. And again, this is a time that could, should, be spent unifying all the different religions, celebrating a key defining event in their religion, and yet it just leads to more killing and trauma all around and what would all of your deities gods persons think of the violence against their creation because you all claim that god created the world and created all of us so how would he feel they feel she feel about killing and destroying his creation their creation hmm. i just like i i do not understand that people keep missing that core message that on the one hand you claim that you believe that god created everything and god created us and the planet and just yada 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 but at the same time you also say but god created me but not you or he created me right and you wrong just like i think you misinterpreted some of it all of it just this should be a unifying happy time where we all celebrate together and instead it resulted in a lot more killing and destruction and unfortunately we know that that's not where it ended 
Apparently, Lebanon joined in on the fun and also started throwing rockets at Israel, and Israel retaliated, hitting both Gaza and Lebanon, resulting in the most severe missile attack in 17 years. The violence in the early hours of the holy Muslim month of Ramadan and on the eve of the Jewish Passover holiday comes after a year of spiraling bloodshed in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Again, when looking back at the sequence of events in April, how it was Israel that continuously kept stoking the fire, kept causing conflict, deadly, bloody conflict, even then. The writing was on the wall, people. And I really, truly do believe that them seeing what Russia is getting away with, with just the complete annihilation, annexation of a country, that Israel thought, well... If they can do that, look at what we can do. And yeah, those images will haunt me. Those sounds, those faces will haunt me for the rest of my life. I can guarantee you that. In Sudan, the United States and also us Dutchies are retreating. The uptick in violence is the latest outbreak of tension since President Omar al-Bashir's impeachment in 2019, when the Sudanese took to the streets en masse to demand his resignation. He'd been in power for nearly 30 years at that time, and with a coup, the army managed to force him to step aside. An alliance of military and civilian politicians was made to lead the country toward a democratic future. Sounds good so far. However, in 2021, the military part of the government led by two generals took over power completely. Of course they did. Since then, the regime has been deadlocked in a rivalry between the two groups. In December of 2022, the military signed an agreement with the politicians to transfer power to a government of civilians. There was no agreement reached on a number of issues, including the question of who would lead the army and how the various militias should be integrated into that army. No conflicts historically were fought mainly in the outskirts of Sudan. The battle now particularly takes place in the major cities. In the capital Khartoum, both sides are said to have tens of thousands of men, and armored vehicles drive through the streets and fighter planes carry out bombing raids. Both sides claim to have attacked or captured important locations, such as military bases, civilian installations of their opponents. Even got to the point that with the persistent fighting in Sudan, shots were fired at a passenger flight. The UN's World Food Program to temporarily discontinue their emergency aid to Sudan, as three employees of the UN World Food Program were killed. In gunfights. The situation has now escalated and is considered too dangerous for aid workers. Death and destruction all around. To wrap up this delightful section, a tweet by Fuck You I Quit, great account, honestly, do recommend you give them a follow. They have very funny tweets and very educational ones, stating that they said the quiet part out loud and oh yeah. Apparently the Wall Street Journal headlined a story with an unintended consequence of student debt relief is the fear that young Americans won't volunteer for the armed forces in adequate numbers anymore. Yeah. Do we need to walk you through why that is a very ableist, toxic viewpoint lord have mercy just like what you fear that you're gonna run low on cannon fodder when you stop promising them a bright future which according to y'all can only be achieved by gaining a higher education so basically just using societal pressure to give them the feel that they don't have any other option if they even remotely want to be able to succeed in life isn't that like a faustian deal or something 
Like you pretend to offer them something and basically you only take. And the part that shits me is as long as they do your bidding, you praise them because again, that societal image of there are our patriots and our nation's heroes. But then when they get injured or when they come back, they are struggling. I mean, just this month, they also cut veterans care when there's already such a big deficit in all things veteran care related. You ask them for everything, their physical, mental well-being, their livelihood, their lives. But then when it's your turn to live up to your end of the deal, to show gratitude, true gratitude, give them care to deal with everything that they've been through on your orders. You say, that's not my problem. This headline just goes to show you acknowledge that you use societal pressure, seeing how you built the entire educational, financial, structure, ableist system as you have, that you use it to pressure certain people, and not the rich and mighty, to do your bidding. And then you wonder why people don't sign up completely, truly voluntarily, for the greatness that your military, serving your country, could, should, can stand for. If you remove that incentive, if we can even call it an incentive, with the societal pressure that and dependency on survival that you put on it, and then you're afraid that if we take that incentive away, people won't want to volunteer to join the army, you're asking the wrong questions. Because if you are a righteous country that fights and like truly what you claim to stand for, basically just that, when you actually do what you claim to do, people will sign up because plenty of countries don't have that strong of an incentive. And you see in the places where war has broken out, people volunteer to fight for what's right and not just soldiers. In recent years, millions of people have fled the violence in Yemen and according to the United Nations, the country is in the greatest humanitarian crisis in its history. A fifth of its inhabitants, over four and a half million people, are in need of humanitarian aid. Four and a half million people. Holy banana. That ain't right. And shockingly, disturbingly, even though the country is in desperate need of proper humanitarian aid, Yemen was the only one that actively took a stand against Israel by blocking the supply ships trying to reach Israel. And it is South Africa, the country that lived apartheid, that took Israel to the International Criminal Court as of this week to confront them on turning their apartheid regime into a full-scale admitted genocide, one that is supported by the most powerful nations on this planet. And unfortunately, my country isn't actively, actively participating, but abstaining in the vote for an immediate ceasefire, to me, is still actively participating in what is happening in Gaza and in all the other places on the planet right now where genocides are happening. you may have noticed, we took a bit of a very extensive fast-forward approach into the here and now. So, yeah, when I started to record part one, I think it was early December, then I got COVID, which seriously kicked my ass. I started to record again two weeks later, but during that, I kind of lost all steam again, and I had to recuperate for a few more weeks. And over those few weeks, a lot of planetary action was happening, and as Mercury went out of retrograde, and Jupiter went direct, 
Suddenly, I had a moment of clarity, and I thought, fuck this shit. I'm sorry. The intention was here, truly, and I would have loved to properly, literally review the entirety of 2023, but I'm already eight, nine months behind. I am never, ever, ever gonna catch up. That is for sure. Plus, it's kind of weird to review shit that took place that long ago, especially with all the disconcerting shit happening right now, where we could actually still make a difference. So, also, there's another reason, but I will get into that a little later. I was debating whether or not to finish this episode that I had started to record again halfway through December. I edited it, I added this bit, and I think I will fast forward through a few of the items that turned out to be relevant in the here and now, and then I'm still debating if <laughs> if it is possible for me in the next two weeks to stuff all the most important parts of 2023, those eight months that I have not yet covered, in one episode and just release it into the ether and just be done with it. I thought about maybe the possibility of 2024-ing it, but I also immediately had to acknowledge that that is not going to happen because it takes a lot of time and energy to research, to record, to edit, to do all of the things by my lonesome. Plus, I really just like to review Stargate and I have read a few books and I thought about reviewing those as well but then I kind of want to reread the books again because I read them just to read them but to read them and then really give a good review I kind of feel like I need to read them again so I hopefully throughout the year I'm also able to do that but right now I did the prep and everything for another Stargate episode it was a good it was a good episode I had a lot to say <laughs> as per usual but it was a good episode the bones were good I that's what I love about Stargate it's relevant even when they fuck up a bit. I still see the magic, I still see the gems, and I therefore want to share it with all y'all. But yeah, I want to continue that, and I will, at the end of this episode, I will add on what my plan is for 2024 and how I envision it to be. But for now, I thought maybe to clarify a bit that, yes, this was a big-ass tangent in the present while we were talking about April. Hey! But yeah, that's just what happens when you record nine months later. This is still me authentically explaining expressing me something very new for me and you know quite possibly who the fuck knows we're letting the freak flag fly and we'll just see where this ship lands or crashes or burns i don't fucking know another one before i forget i have started to alter transcripts to make them more readable just it, it makes sense if you just add all the sentences that are related to each other to the little tidbit that we're talking about and then add the how it lasts so that you can see that i don't want to read about this i don't want to hear about this you can just fast forward i try to accommodate everyone while maintaining my perfectionism <laughs> it's a continuous struggle peeps many of you will share and know what i mean but i will be back with you for some more april 2023 i mean i'm sorry but yeah we need to finish because there's still some gems i talked about it at the beginning of part one about that this month had some items with my hashtag disability peeps so i want to at least shove a few of those in there and call back a few items that have been mentioned that happened or that concluded over 2023 and give y'all an update on that one as well and then just wrap it up and just throw it out there and just like barf all my april posts out there in the coming days because there were a lot of them and then just start new it's a new year new chances new me literally there's a new part of me? Well, I got a tattoo, so that is a little new part of me. Uh, but yeah, so talk to you later. Sorry for the rambling nature of this episode. I will try to do better. This is just unfiltered infancy. I'm learning as I go. And you are with me for this ride. Or if you, you know, if you if you get to this point, you are. So thank you for sticking with me and my rambles. I hope throughout the seasons, it will become a little more 
coherent and, you know, as slick and smooth as all the other official podcasts are able to provide. But they have a team behind them, so this is amateur hour. <laughs> and I'm a perfectionist. Yes, I am very diligent, which I try to be a virtue, but sometimes it's just, you know, detrimental. Alright, so now I'm going to kick it in gear a bit. Hang tight, bear with me. The number of migrants quadrupled in Italy, which makes the government of Italy now declare a state of emergency. I also made an Instagram post about that one, because when you see that in a graph, it's quite sobering. Then also a bit about sharp increase in pregnant migrants. Apparently there is a rumor circulating in Tunisia that in Italy there is a law stipulating that children born on Italian soil automatically become an Italian citizen. Uh, apparently that's not true, but it's the reason also why a lot of pregnant women try to get across even late stage pregnancy at great risk to the fetus and it's also the reason that many pregnant women travel alone as this is the desperate attempt of the parents to secure a future a brighter future for their child he takes on debts at home to send her abroad with the hope of accompanying them later the article highlighted a story about one such woman had left tunisia because she felt threatened as tunisia's president openly encourages racism against black africans and and then people wonder why there is a mass exodus going on from those kinds of countries. Yeah, and with great personal risk to themselves and their babies, people don't do this just on a whim. People are completely, utterly desperate. Plus, let's not forget that a portion of these pregnant migrants are the result of women abused during their journey, become pregnant as a result of that. Anywho, there was some more on that because it's unfortunately a very common theme, but we're skipping over that one. Interestingly, in April of 2023, there were a lot, like a lot of shootings that caught international attention. April 10th, we were 100 days into 2023 and already America had its 146th mass shooting. That is a choice, people. So back to our previous podcast, can you spot the difference? Now headline about a 23-year-old Connor Sturgeon who was a former varsity hoop star and finance grad turned banker who reportedly been fired from his job, very much so, humanized the shooter. Quite unlike the shooter at Nashville, Tennessee, who was transgender and I think we will all find out that there was a whole hell of a lot of dirty secrets in and around that school and people connected to that school, but the way that they report about it, not cool. And so very, very clearly shows your bias. Four were killed and 30 were injured at a Sweet 16 in Alabama. Apparently last year, a permitless carry went into effect, and the logical result, evidently, is more death by shooting. The 16-year-old Ralph Yarrow, who went to pick up his siblings in Kansas City, Missouri, and rang the wrong doorbell, he ended up getting shot in the head through a locked glass door, and then got shot a second time for emphasis. Amazingly, the boy survived, he got up, and had to run to three different homes until someone agreed to help him, according to his aunt. Wow. Just, yeah, again, moving. 20-year-old Kaylin Gillis got killed on a, in Hebron, Hebron uh, New York after a vehicle pulled into the driveway of a 65-year-old man. As she tried to pull away, the homeowner fired two shots, thus killing her for pulling into the wrong driveway. In Elgin, Texas, 
Peyton Washington was shot multiple times after her friend accidentally got in the wrong car. The dude that she got in with first followed her, and as she started to roll down her window, presumably to apologize, he started to just randomly fire into the car. Apparently you felt so threatened by a teenage girl, but not threatened enough because you got your ass up out of your car, you went after her, and without just uttering a word, you shot her and her friends. Can I please hope that this person is never ever 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 allowed any sort of weaponry ever? and gets submitted to it. Are you serious, Psychobel? Just, you know, suggestion. There was another shooting at a Texan prom after party where nine kids got shot and hospitalized. And to round off this horror show that unfortunately really, really happened, in Texas, people asked their neighbor to stop shooting because their baby was sleeping. And as a response, he decided to kill five members of said family, including their eight-year-old boy. I don't know who spiked the water in April with what, but goodness gracious. This was a summary of what happened in one month. Do you all cope? Like, I honestly, silly naive little me, thought that after Sandy Hook, your laws would finally change. Like they did in New Zealand, like they did in all the other nations in the world where a school shooting, a mass shooting happened. However, you seem to just double down. I'm sorry, but after hearing all of this, how can any sane person not call for immediate gun control? Just at every moment of every day, you run the risk of legitimately getting killed or just, you know, being. America, does any of you feel safe? Do you need help? Like, y'all do realize that you don't have to live under constant threat, right? And the people that don't want this to change have very shady, aka money, reasons to not allow this change to happen. So basically, your government is bought and paid for by the NRA, militias, and terrorists. Because this is terrorizing your country's population. I dare you to find a better description to this whole situation. And you are not a democracy, America. I'm sorry, you just ain't. That ship has sailed if it ever set sail in the first place. Because I do believe that the vast majority of the actual citizens that live in the United States want proper gun control. But it's the higher-ups that actually make the legislation and implementation of that legislation that are being bought and paid for and are stopping any proper common-sense gun control. Control. The psychologist in me kind of wants to do a study on how y'all survive under these kinds of conditions. And I'm not saying we are all that much better because we have our own issues and problems and whatnot. The threat of, you know, randomly getting shot is growing here as well. But I am not afraid when I enter a store or fill up my car, ring a doorbell or drive into someone's drive while I search for the correct address. Because I have done that. But these kinds of antics, like, how do y'all live like this? And I think therein lies the answer, you don't or you shouldn't. Not for an extended period of time, because all that cortisol makes you in a constant fight or flight mode, which is very unhealthy. Additionally, all your financial woes also causes stress and whatnot. And the uncertainty of the Biden-Trump situation again. Oy. And just the United States' role in the Gaza-Israel thingamabob. That has to hurt too, I'd assume. And yes, what happens when you assume, just, you know, go with me. I genuinely sometimes wonder, how do y'all live like this? Like, I would love to talk to an American, and not to judge, but genuinely from a psychological standpoint, how do you manage this? Always wanted to visit America, there are lots of things that I would love to see, and people I would love to meet. Let's just say it like this, for me, it's not worth the risk of constantly, wherever I go, of getting shot. Because like I said before, I can't really run and duck for cover all that fast. So if something like this happens, the chance of me dying, they are high. And not to toot my own horn too much, it seems it's a waste. Especially after so much effort making it this far. I am not a proud, happy, patriotic duchy. <laughs> not in a long shot. But 
Still, I would rather live here than in America under these conditions, to be honest. Like, how do y'all raise your kids? In addition to all the legislation on transgender and abortion and just reproductive health care in general, like, genuinely, if I could do a roundtable, whatever you want to call that, I'm curious to see what kind of coping strategies and rationalizations and medications y'all use to deal with this kinds of levels of constant threat. From an anthropological perspective, it's mighty interesting. So if anyone wants to share, please do. There was also a lot of snow trouble, as the Alps reported. Not since the start of taking measurements has this much ice melted in a single year. There have been regular deaths from avalanches in European ski areas during this winter season, apparently. More than usual, or at least I don't recall hearing this many in a single year. So, was that just me researching and thus now finding out about this and just usually I don't because I don't research? Or was this more than usual? Kind of felt like more than usual. And then another whopper, which we kind of already knew, but it's always nice to get the confirmation that Shell already knew about climate change in 1962. 1962. Do that math and take a minute and then get angry and do something about it. Oh, Lord have mercy. Look how much time we've had and how little we've changed. Moving on. The closing of Germany's nuclear power plants was accelerated in 2011 after the nuclear disaster in Fukushima, Japan. Fearing new accidents and problems with the nuclear waste storage, the German government decided to stop nuclear energy altogether. The country already gets a lot of its power from solar and wind energy, but it's not nearly enough. To meet energy needs, the government says that more use will have to be made in the short term of energy generated by coal-fired power stations and gas. Mm -hmm. And this development struck me as interesting, because in the Netherlands, we are going in the opposite direction. We are researching nuclear energy more as we have to really really stop drilling for gas which has been a decade if not more struggle to actually make them stop and now they have to spend millions maybe even billions compensating the people that suffered because of all the earthquakes and damages and trauma the people suffered from all of that drama by the time a nuclear reactor is built we are well over a decade in the future and for help in achieving our climate goals it'll be far too late and yeah, because of the whole we can't drill anymore, which we all knew was coming, but our government, it really is like the ostrich, head in the sand, pretend it's not happening approach, or that is what Mark Rutte is known for, was known for, which I believe is also the reason why, we, but I know many countrymen with me do not like him because of that kind of governing. We are now holding the bag of shit that he left us with, with no easy way out and already the mid to low incomes are dis proportionately carrying the burden of this. So pretty much, yeah, we're hooped. There was also, in April, a lot of news coming out about Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas's situation, where he accepted all sorts of bribes from Harlan Crow, a Republican billionaire. And it's now January 2024, and the dude is still in the Supreme Court. How? Like, genuinely. Again. How? And is it just me that it hurts me all the more that pride of having a black man on the Supreme Court is just soured greatly when you learn that he's a black man bought and paid for by a rich white Texan billionaire? Or is that just me? I don't know, for some reason that irks me more than if he was white. Because it was such a thing to be proud of that a black man was sitting on the Supreme Court. That for me just made it all the worse. <laughs> 
a law that shockingly got passed in Kansas allowing for forced genital inspection of children apart from the ableist LGBTIQ phobic brain fart malfunction this entails it also is child sexual assault what they are, are now by law demanding apart from all of that which in and of itself should have been more than enough for this never ever ever to actually become reality but maybe think about it this way this ruling completely undermines what many of us have spent decade or more trying to achieve and that is to get children out from behind their screens from behind their game consoles back into engaging in sports activities for their physical health because if it were me no fucking way would you get anywhere near my child's genitals so i would withdraw my child from your sports activities and i think with me many which then would result again for kids to crawl back behind their game consoles and their screens and thus we return again to the obese children that we have been trying to combat all this time so if that previous argument or arguments were not argument enough for you to not make this an official ruling or to backpedal on this quickly think of that one from a child psychologist's perspective this will make people withdraw their children or children not wanting to participate in sports activities and thus they will all stop being physically active and they will go back behind their screens and their gaming consoles and they will eat 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 eat, eat and they will become obese with many a clogged artery and then they cost you a shit ton of money in medicare medicaid with all kinds of diabetes and insulin and gastric bypasses and then with all the excess skin removing all those skin flaps and getting all these life coaches and all of that stuff just think about it but yeah the ableism of it all for me is more than enough reason to never ever make this a thing but yet here we are which luckily mobilized the Gen Z in Tennessee, which rhymes, mm. chanting outside the Tennessee house, fuck you fascist, and I can get behind that message. I made a post about this because this was one of the things that, again, makes me go, why? Finns from Finland from the age of 18 may now make a gender change official unofficial documents. Apparently, Finland was behind the rest of Europe because legislation has changed following a ruling by the European Court of Human Rights as they in 2017 ruled that making sterilization mandatory is a violation of human rights. Because apparently, in 2017, sterilization was still mandatory in 22 countries if you wanted to change your gender. Why? And really? 2017? I thought that happened in the 80s, but no, apparently still happens. Well, at least they're trying to change it. Anyhow, currently, it's still the case in seven countries. The Netherlands, shockingly, I did not know this, really, the Netherlands already abolished the sterilization ahead of this European ruling in 2014. So for once, again, we were ahead of the curve. The other time was when the Dutchies were the first in the world, thank you very much, to allow same-sex marriage in 2001. That, I think, was the only time in history that I was ever proud to be a Dutchie. Since the first same-sex marriage took place in the Netherlands, more than 30 other jurisdictions have enacted laws allowing gays and lesbians to marry, mostly in Europe and the Americas. But yeah, unfortunately, a lot of laws are once again being passed that bans same-sex marriage, and incidentally, and I did not know this, in 2019, the Supreme Court in Japan upheld the law requiring sterilization before people are allowed to change their gender, so that was 3-4 years ago. Why? I mean, they have highly advanced glow-in-the-dark or dancing toilets or whatever the fuck they got, but on this, they are way behind the curve. And that made me wonder for the first time ever, who actually ever, in the history of ever, decided that this was going to be a requirement at all? Like, who invented that? Someone, because it was apparently adopted globally, who decided that for you to be able to change your genders, transgender people have been around since people have been around. Just lately, it's been all up in the spotlight and demonized 
Christ and all that drama. Yeah. But who ever came up with that sterilization before they are allowed to change their gender? As in, we are going to prohibit you from procreating because you're sick, which no, they're not. And that has been firmly established many, 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 many years ago. But yeah, that is something that they created a few years ago. And then they are now rectifying that mistake, but way too fucking slow. And I think my profession does have somewhat to do with that because it was a mental disorder until not so long ago in the diagnostic manual. But now that same diagnostic manual acknowledges that it's not a disorder. So get with the times, people. Stop demonizing transgender people that just want to live their best life and are not in any way hurting someone else. Honestly, the stifling hole people have and want to have concerning how someone identifies and is allowed to make decisions according to how they feel, like they are creating paperwork, they are creating laws, they are creating barriers, all kinds of hoops that you have to jump through to appease some or other that apparently decided white people that they own everything and everyone and that you have to go through them before you are allowed any say so about your own body about your own life about anything and everything just you fucking don't own anyone which somehow seems to be a foreign concept to some white people and i really hope that is one of the things that changes these coming decades that the white man finally gets knocked down a peg or two or 20 <laughs> just that we're all on the same playing field when i got to be so beautifully in the net encapsulated this and unfortunately i can't find the video of it so if you have netflix i do recommend you watch the net their point was so marvelously made in the net i'm just gonna read their transcript they say and i do agree i wouldn't want to be a straight white man not right now that is not at this moment in history i wouldn't want to be a straight white man not if you paid me although the pay would be substantially better point made by hannah but no, I don't think it's an easy time for you fellas, I do feel for you. Very difficult, very confusing time. Because for the first time ever, you are suddenly a subcategory of human. With the straight white man responding, No, we invented the categories, we're not supposed to play, we're human neutral. Hannah continues, You hear straight white man and you're like, No, no, that's reverse sexism. No, it really isn't. You wrote the rules, read them. Isn't that just the most beautiful, perfectly apt description ever? Thank you, Hannah Gatsby. My suggestion is just leave the knowing and decision-making to the people it actually concerns and butt the fuck out of other people's business. Seriously. Is it like a way to not have to look dysfunction in your own life? So you just go and bitch and complain about anyone and everyone else? That's exhausting. I don't know, maybe stop. Redistribute all that conviction into something, you know, conducive. Create something instead of destroying something or whatever. And then a follow-up, which I thought was important enough to add, about that law in Spain that got changed because of the new definition of assault and rape, which got used by rapists to get out of jail early. The Spanish Prime Minister Sanchez says sorry for the negative consequences of the rape law. An important impetus for the new rape law was a controversial rape known as the Wolfpack case. And it's gonna get graphic, people, so buckle up or fast forward. Whatever is good for you. Apparently, during the popular bull running festival in Pamplona, an 18-year-old woman was gang-raped in 2016 by a group of five men. They filmed it and bragged about it in a mutual app group called The Wolf Pack. I just threw up in my mouth a little. A court initially ruled that this was sexual abuse and not rape because the woman would not have opposed the men. Because apparently the images showed that the woman was unconscious. 
How about if you're not conscious enough to be able to consent? It's by definition rape. At the time, the ruling mobilized the women's rights movement, which pushed for legislation that better protects women from abuse. The men who raped the woman were convicted of rape on appeal. Good. Partly because of this case, the Spanish parliament passed that law criminalizing any form of sex without expressed consent. So again, for any common sense, common decency, logical way of thinking, this actually would have been a law that would have helped women to get stronger convictions for rapists and abusers. However, because this new law no longer distinguishes between sexual abuse with violence and sexual abuse without violence, from now on, all forms of sex that someone has not explicitly agreed to is punishable by law. And therein lies the rub. According to the Spanish Minister of Equality, the problem is not the law itself, but the way that it is applied. According to her, judges abuse law to reduce punishments for rapists. She accuses them of machismo and proposes to send judges on a gender sensitivity course. Why not just every single man by this point, if you need to explain this part, which unfortunately we really need to do, apparently, for a lot of people. What I don't get is the rape itself is a violent act. You are forcing yourself on someone who hasn't expressed explicit consent, which by definition makes it assault, abuse, rape. And incidentally, for women to survive, advice has been given to sometimes just let it happen in order to survive. And then they abuse the law system to say, well, hey, she didn't fight back, so... It's however you want to spin it, women always get fucked without consent. That's the whole fucking foundation of this patriarchal society, and that is why it needs to fucking change. Because the fact that, one, this needed to be explained, two, that they said that there is a difference between a rape without violence and a rape with violence. No, honey, there are all kinds of violence, there is just a continuum, like a little bit of violence, a little more violence, or a shit ton of violence, or just plain as murder. Either way, the entire violent act is traumatic and life-altering. And already men don't get punished nearly enough and get held accountable and responsible for their deviant sexual antics. Yeah, yeah the, basically the equality minister says part of the problem, and considering what's happened, I gotta agree there, part of the problem is that judges also fall victim to this way of patriarchal ableist thinking and thus actually use this law that was supposed to protect women better, use it to set rapists free before the previous sentence would have allowed. Either way, fucked up. And we have so much work to do still. And something that freaked me out and I think did not get the attention it deserved or that just hit me harder than most, I think I wonder how other people feel about this. In April 2023, the 87-year-old Dalai Lama kissed a kid on the lips and asked the child to suck his tongue. My first response was, is truly no one above reproach? Political leader of the Tibetan government expressed support for the Dalai Lama, described the incident as innocent and grandfatherly and loving. I have so many things to say to that, but I'm skipping over that one. And he emphasized that the Dalai Lama is beyond sensory pleasures through celibacy and spiritual life. On that, I would say, are you sure about that? Anything proved that swearing a life of celibacy in name of your religion has resulted in some seriously dysfunctional sexual behavior in said authority 
figures. Can anyone say Catholic priests? Why preach celibacy when clearly you can't? Personally, I don't understand why you should. But also that it is a sign how unhealthy it is because it causes people to become severely sexually dysfunctional and because of the authority position that they are in, abuse their flock. People that look up to them, that in some way, shape, or form, offering them a quickie ride to salvation or whatever. Either way, it's a very tilted balance of power. And when you ask, as the authority figure, the spiritual leader, something of a person such as this, we'll be seriously disconcerned, but if you ask it of a child, no, I'm done. Is that just, like, honestly, is that just me? Because I thought not enough was said about this, and not enough was said to condemn this. I know he's all peace loving, but this I found highly disturbing, and Grant, I wasn't there for any of it. But I don't know how you can swing this and make it any less creepy, dysfunctional, disturbing. And I'll ask anyone who has children, would you let your child near anyone who asked that of your child? I dare you to say anything other than no. And if you do, please explain your thinking to me, honestly. Because in my head, there is no other answer than no. I don't think this is okay. And as a parent, I would report you to the police pretty much. So I don't know what happened, if anything happened at all. But at the very least, I think the Dalai Lama needs to have a serious sex talk about what's appropriate and healthy and what is dysfunctional, disturbing, and likely pathological. The editor-in-chief of the German gossip magazine Die Aktuelle was fired immediately. Good because of a publication of a fake interview with former Formula One driver Michael Schumacher. Anne Hoffman has been editor-in-chief since 2009, and in addition in April, it seemed as if the former driver had spoken to the media for the first time since his serious skiing accident in 2013. And I remember seeing that article and was like, wait, what? He's well enough to talk to media, but apparently no, that was bullshit. And that bitch got fired, so yep, rightfully so. Then on to my disability family. For the first time ever, a little person was on the cover of British Vogue. Sinead Burke and Barbie unveiled their first ever doll with Down syndrome. So finally we are getting recognized in society. I still have so many notes and so many suggestions, but I guess it's a start. I'm happy for them. Good on you. And a news item, also the reasons why I started this podcast. Because as part of the disability family, I'm also very well aware that there are a gazillion ways to have a disability and that it is a good thing to become more aware of things that people may come across. For example, I did not know this and sad to say then again, you know, blind spot for me, but I was very happy to hear that lately gaming companies are taking gamers with disabilities into account more and more. I realized that there are a lot of people who have disabilities where they can't use one of their arms or hands or they don't have one, making it impossible for them to play with gaming controllers, for which you need part partially if not fully functional hands to operate. As currently, there is not a game controller operable with just one hand. So between you and me, if you want to make a killing on the gaming market, bring out a controller that is operable with just one hand and you will make a lot of gamers very happy. One fact I loved was that apparently the very popular game, which has since then been turned into a very successful TV show, The Last of Us, can be played by someone who is completely blind. I didn't know that. That's fucking awesome. And kudos for the inclusivity. 
And then an area where, where we could and should definitely do better. There was an article about how television, movies, and streaming services are still not fully accessible to the deaf and hard of hearing. And this was in, particularly in the Netherlands. And I am betting in many other places as well. Apparently, shockingly, there are no legal requirements imposed on films and series on streaming services. What people tend to forget, however, is that ordinary subtitles are intended for the hearing, such as the people who don't understand the language spoken or they don't understand it sufficiently and therefore need the subtitles to fully keep up with the happenings. I mean, I myself used English subtitles to improve my writing skills after I needed a minute when I saw Gage written down for the first time in the context. I knew it was Gage, but I was like, is that how you write that? So to improve my writing skills, I started to watch everything with English subbies. I do so love the pronunciation poems though. They really show what a beautiful yet messed up language the English language truly is. Although that can't sound way better than the Dutch language if you ask me. But then again, I'm biased. Ordinary subtitles show the spoken content, whereas subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing indicate the audio effects, the music, the ambient sounds, such as mobile phone rings or imminent music and and maybe to add a little extra motivation for the ableist among us, closed captioning can be fucking funny, such as breathing emotionally and randomly catches fire, or alpaca bleeds in distance. And there's also one that I greatly love, a supernatural one, where someone forcefully says balls, and under that caption is all the lyrics of the song that we hearing people can hear, with the caption resulting in balls, you gotta know when to hold them. Golden. Those are the supernatural gems, people, that you're all missing out on if you don't watch this show with English captioning. <laughs> Anywho, these kinds of added descriptions are essential for the perception of people with an hearing impairment. Seriously, just try and watch something with the sound turned off. The kind of music, how much that sets the mood, be it romantically, or someone's gonna come around the corner and kill ya. You know, for people who love the horror movies, just try and watch a horror movie without the sound. Not nearly as fun, I can tell you. Anyway. I was surprised that there was no legal requirements, and that explains. <laughs> but I thought that was just a Dutchy thing. But that explains why a lot of streaming services have very limited subbies, let alone captions. And the inclusivity is becoming better. People are becoming aware of their ableist privileges. For instance, with Gish, they added ASL interpreters to the panels. Such a boss move. Loved it. And also on YouTube, sometimes you can get a transcript. But as I personally check all my transcripts and edit them to filter out all of the mistakes, AI is only so good. It needs a person to check it and to make it actually, in some instances, make sense. Because sometimes the shit it comes up with, I'm glad that I can go back and listen to it again to understand what the person actually said. Because from the transcript alone, I'm lost. It's, I wouldn't say it's easy to do, but I do think it's the right thing to do. And it's one of the things that I really loved about my RSS account, that it added this, this feature. Because it should be a standard feature, people. If anything, let AI help with that. That it proof listens to the audio and then we can just filter through it and make life a lot easier for a lot of people to add it. But also it's very important to, <laughs> to be correct. I love this inclusivity and the awareness that people are showing us more and more. We still got a ways to go, but this was good news. The fact that it is commented on and an article is written about it, I should say. <laughs> the article was written because it's subpar. But the fact that there is awareness and that awareness is being called to it, that is very good.
and something that has been mentioned multiple times throughout the years, but it's getting some serious traction now and we are genuinely slightly getting unnerved. The extremism growing in the Netherlands, specifically amongst young people, sometimes even as young as 13. Apparently, through social media such as TikTok and Instagram, the extreme right very successfully promotes their rhetoric. Our intelligence agencies say that they fear that not only the radicalized loner could carry out an attack, but that the radical narrative, the story that extremist organizations peddle, undermines the democratic legal order. And considering what's happening with Israel and the US and how much of a part they are actively playing in this genocide, I do believe that we need an overhaul of the entire system, even the countries that are supposedly under proper democratic legal order. But facts aren't facts anymore, apparently. You don't know who or what to trust because it can be AI generated or just a bunch of bullshit or fear mongering. So oftentimes the, the vitriol that people say shocks me. The privileged attitude, the ableism of it all. Like maybe it makes sense that we're back at war. Apparently we need the reminder. I didn't. I was good. I still had a very clear image of what war means and what it does and how many lives lost and for what. Maybe it's nature's way of a purge every now and again, I guess, because we are overpopulated. And I do think just, you know, give Mother Nature a few decades and she'll help. Definitely, she'll help. I think we need a lesson in humility. I thought COVID kind of helped with that, but no. The ableists, the privileged, just started to scream bloody murder and, in my opinion, the government peddled to them way too much. And thus they learned nothing. And if anything, were strengthened in their result. So the extremism in my country, but everywhere, yep. <sighs> And then in, in 30, 40, 50 years, they'll be teaching it in history class in school. And then all those kids will say, well, how did they not see the writing on the wall? Like all the signs were there. Yup, but apparently the Nile is not just a river in Egypt. And we are dumb as bricks. Then in the truth, say what now? News item in the Netherlands was of a sperm donor who was basically by the courts told to cease and desist as he as it turned out, had already fathered over 550 kids and they were not starting to fear accidental incest. Because we are just a tiny, tiny country with like, what, 17, 18 million people? He also lied to prospective parents, assuring them that he didn't do this that often and that he had maximum of 25 kids because that is a limit that is required when you become a donor to prevent that the half the city is made up of your babies. I mean, we've also had the horror stories of in vitro fertilization doctors and such using their own sperm and then fathering like 70 or more kids like is i don't think there's an official diagnosis for this though i think there should be so why else would you feel the need to subvert for one like you can literally do that just fucking around if you really want to just look at the head start nick cannon and jude law already have but especially as an ivf doctor the betrayal i don't know if they ever got convicted but in my eyes that's just rape and what this man does parents asked how many kids have you fathered and he intended knowingly lied. Even now, he was very against the judge forcing him to stop. If anything, this made me think, with all the dramatics and panic about, according to Geert Wilders and such, that we are being overrun with immigrants. If anything, with these kinds of antics, we need them to spice up our gene pool. I'm just saying, you know, look at it like that, because apparently we're doing a shit ton of inbreeding, and, you know, it's for a very good reason that there is a max to it, that you can father up to 25 children with a maximum of 
12 different mothers. And isn't that like enough? Aren't you satisfied? And they capped it at that to prevent any half brothers and sisters from entering into romantic and sexual relationships with each other without knowing that they're related. Because when they then consummate and create life, there is a greater risk of hereditary defects. Unfortunately, in the Netherlands, our guidelines are easily circumvented because apparently our Dutch fertility clinics do not share their registration with each other. So we made it a rule, but then we did fuck all to actually enforce it. Yeah, that sounds like us. Another Dutchy, genuine high flyer, Dutch scientists have shown that in some cases the very painful mammogram can be replaced by ultrasound examination for breast cancer research. Radiology has shown that an ultrasound can rule out cancer with a 99.8% certainty. Then why have we been squishing the godforsaken murder out of our boobs? Plus, for younger women up to about 30, if we have complaints, a mammogram isn't even always usable because we still have a lot of glandular tissue and thus the photos can cannot be properly assessed. So once again, this helps all of us. There is this YouTube video, and if you Google it, it's called Your Body Is Your Own. It's Dutch, but it has English subs by presenter Nizar L. Manuzi. It's explained on the level of a child. So this is really a good video that we should show our kids about learning the what is consent, how to set boundaries, and how to respect each other's boundaries. If anything, it can show you how to start this conversation with your kid, and I think we really all should. Kids should know what touches are okay on their own body, but also that they themselves give to others. I will post the link of the YouTube video in my Linktree account, whose link you can find in the bio of my Instagram account. Or just, you know, go directly to my Linktree. Either way, you should really watch this video. It's really good. As an environmental psychologist, I do recommend. on a tweet that was about something completely different but still wackadoodle. People are freaking the fuck out because Disney Channel dared to speak of a natural process in pretty much every single woman born ever. Her menstrual cycle. Meanwhile, us girls have all been hearing about voices who had dreams, their involuntary boners, their morning wood, but oh no, periods, sanitary pads, tampons. Freak the male population the fuck out. We are not preparing our boys for the real world, people. Also, this makes me remember that scene in Ten Inch Hero with Jensen Ackles and Daniil, his then soon-to-be wifey, where Jensen's character gets sent on a grocery run and he has to buy tampons for the sandwich shop that they all work at. It is a brilliantly funny scene. Look like it, it needs to be done. Luckily, someone uploaded it on YouTube, so of course, you can find that link in my bio on Instagram. It's a goodie. Honestly, if you have the ability to watch the movie, watch it. Do enjoy. Anywho, moving on to the next chapter. Good news! Yay! We can use some of that. The number of wild tigers in India continues to increase. This one kind of struck a chord with me and is a very illustrative article to lead into my next section and also to wrap up this episode. So, yeah. It was an article about discrimination at work, stating that 1 in 10 employees feels discriminated against at work. Employees are mainly discriminated against on the basis of origin, skin color, and nationality, but also age discrimination and gender discrimination. Less than 1% of those were men, shockingly. And the part that struck a chord with me was that not a word on discrimination 
due to disability. Because with that one, I got a bone to pick with you. The exploitation that I have experienced as a highly educated person with a physical disability, I have learned the hard way that it does not matter whether you are highly educated or educated or not, whether you're a woman or not, although that one probably didn't help either, neither does my Arabic name, no doubt. But apart from that, we all know this, and research again and again confirms that this is the case, and apparently without even counting us, it's already 1 in 10. There's a lot of people, people. So what annoyed me about this article was that not a word was mentioned about people with disabilities and we are one of the most discriminated against. And we are the ones that I think in addition to migrant workers are the ones that get exploited the most. And people don't know it. People don't even seem to feel bad about it. Our government actually promotes it and enables it. But why should I be treated differently than any other co-worker with the exact same credentials? They wouldn't, but they have. They have always treated me differently to the point where I now, well, it's not just that, but that did not help. That was one of the major disappointments of my life. I had convinced myself if I would just get a high enough education, they would finally, finally see me as an equal or value my input as at least somewhat of a equal playing field that I was allowed a seat at the table, a voice at the table. But no, as I have learned, no, I don't. And I kept making that my issue and my problem. And I've stopped because it says everything about you and nothing about me. I know who I am. I know what I have achieved and I know what I have to offer. The fact that y'all don't see that and took advantage of that for as long as you have was because I had a lot of unresolved issues, but I'm resolving them. And no fucking way will I ever, ever allow myself to be exploited ever again. That's for damn fucking sure. Now, this particular article was a great introductor to this next section, as April 2023 was also the month that I broke. Like, I mentally broke, ironically, on Ascension Day of all days. I was already struggling with burnout for a while. I thought I'd gotten better. I was finally able to switch back to child services, the sector that I, ever since graduating, tried to get back into, as it is was the place where I felt I could do the most good, where I wanted to do good. But that turned out to be, as you may have heard in my previous episodes of reviewing 2023, proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, for that was a very unhealthy work environment that I did not, could not get out of before it was too late. And incidentally, it was a former co-worker of mine that as I started to tell her more about my upbringing, that she said, the dynamics that you describe in your family are a lot like the dynamics here at work. A light bulb went on in my brain and I realized that in my work environments, plural, I have been repeating the dysfunctional patterns of my family life, resulting in a very unhappy Layla. Not getting taken seriously, gaslighted, boundaries were treated as suggestions, felt overlooked, ignored, not good enough. Anywho, she made me realize that this entire sector is that way. Exploitation really truly is the name of the game, and that is for anyone and everyone that works in this sector, but add to that having a disability, it is times two. The government even encourages it by allowing employers to test drive me for free for at least a month, but it can be extended to three and in extenuating circumstances, six months. 
as in, the company doesn't have to pay for me. The government pays me minimum wage. I was a university-educated person. Plus, these were all, especially in the early years, jobs that I was overqualified for. Quite demeaning. And even then they tried to stretch it and they came up with the most ridiculous in their heads insights. But basically just full on ableist bigot fucking rude suggestions that my disability would somehow hamper my capabilities even though I had the degree and the proof that I actually, you know, know what I'm doing. I mean, one person actually had the insight that the psychological assessments would be compromised due to the fact that I had a disability because clients would be too too distracted, too uneasy with the fact that I had a disability, and she was proud of herself for coming to that insight. As you might imagine, I needed to count to 10 for a second, and then I thought, okay, that's pretty discriminatory and ableist and racist. So in a subtle way, I gave that back to her and said, okay, but with that reasoning, you could say the same thing, that my assessments would be compromised, so distracting and uncomfortable for the client when, I don't know, I wear a hijab, I'm black, I have double D boobs, I have on a short skirt and legs that go on for miles. Just anything that someone could possibly find different or distracting. I think she was picking up what I was putting down, that she was basically being fucking racist, ableist, and discriminating me to the point that I could sue her. I was still very much focused on getting the job and, you know, proving myself. But those were the kind of things that were asked, said, expected, that even though I got the degree, people would still be too uncomfortable around me for me to be actually good at my job. And I have to say, the opposite is true. Clients, co-workers, peers, pretty much anyone that's ever met me has said that I'm actually quite gifted and a talented therapist. Making people feel comfortable, I mean, growing up in a dysfunctional family where you are people pleaser, parentification person, surrounded by people with mood and personality disorders, yeah, it's a traumatic survival technique to be able to read the room, hear what's not being said, and I turned that into my skill. So it wasn't all bad. The only thing I had to now learn, I have discovered, is that my entire life I have spent making everyone else comfortable before I even start to consider if I'm comfortable. I realize now that I need to flip that script. I need to first make myself comfortable and only then start checking out other people. Like, are you comfortable? Are we good? Can we move on? Okay. And I mean, it's literally part of our job because who gets sent? Many get sent. But who goes to a therapist and is not tense or concerned or on edge over whatever reason? It's literally a crucial part of your job to be able to put people at ease. And like I said, I was actually very good at that. But yeah, the ableism of it all chipped away at my confidence. It chipped away at my already teeny tiny self-worth till there was pretty much nothing left. Of all the places I worked at, there was only one that treated me right. That I offered, I thought, hey, if that gets me in the door, I am willing to pit myself out. And they said, would you like us to? And I said, uh, no, why would I want you to take advantage of me? And she said, no, we're not gonna. Any other person that we hire, we hire under the same conditions. We hire you expecting you to work for us, but hey, we don't know what's gonna happen. So why would we treat you any different? You're qualified, they're qualified, so you're equal. That people saved me. 
because there was a time where I started to doubt my truth, that I thought that I was asking the impossible. They thankfully showed me it wasn't. Unfortunately, <laughs> COVID royally screwed that up. Plus, it became less about the quality of care that we were providing and more about the numbers and making as much profit as was possible. That only strengthened my resolve that this is not how we should be treated. And apart from that, you know, I have so many friends in so many different branches of this sector and they all say the same thing. We are being ex because they expect us to just bend over and take it. Because the people that go in a caring profession are oftentimes people who come from dysfunctional family units. I mean, my family is beyond dysfunctional. Like, there was no functioning function in there. I think I was the sanest one of the bunch. Look how cracked I am. But that's side note. I was told that all those things that made me unique made me undesirable. And now, partly due to astrology, I saw what gifts I'm given what that fire in me that I felt as a child and I tried to subdue for the vast majority of my life, what that was trying to tell me and now I'm leaning into it. Now I'm embracing it. I am one of a fucking kind. I am someone that you can literally spot from a mile away. Gonna own that shit now. And thankfully, we are now moving into the age of Aquarius. After 20 years in Capricorn, Pluto is now moving into Aquarius for the next 20 years. It's gonna do a little dance back into Capricorn later this year, but right around the time of first Scorpio suns, it's gonna bounce back into Aquarius and stay there for the next 20 years. Fun times ahead, peeps. Aquarius is all about the community, the future, hopes, dreams, vision, embracing your uniqueness, authentic living, sharing, and caring. And apparently, because it's Pluto and Pluto lusts on Earth, all things dirty and scandalous. And I mean, I'm a Scorpio, Pluto is my ruling planet. I love secrets and scandals and all that jazz because I think it's bullshit and people hide behind it and I'm all about the truth and I'm all about authenticity. So own your shit, baby. So apparently these next coming years, we're going to be hearing a lot of scandals. People are going to have to turn away from that elite lifestyle, from that ableist point of view. We're all going to roll around in the mud together, peeps. We are going to break down all these dysfunctional systems that disproportionately divide wealth, power, power to the people. Like, genuinely, the last time that was in Aquarius, the American and French Revolution happened. Yeah. Some astrologers say that the elections won't happen, that something may happen, hopefully not all too violent, that it can delay, postpone. I mean, with Trump at the helm, he'll become the new Putin. Election? What's that? We're not going to do that for the next 35 years. I think we could get a January 6 times 2 or 10. Y'all got like firearms 22 a person or something by now. I don't know. Unhealthy amount anyway. So maybe y'all just kill each other. I don't know. Maybe Yellowstone finally pops. Possible. I mean, the volcano in Iceland just blew and that one had been dormant for 800 years. So usually when one of them pops off, the rest follows because we're on the same planet. And the tectonic plates are all connected. So when one shifts and activates a volcano, all the other ones feel it. Just, you know, fair warning. But yeah, it's an interesting time. Scary time. NATO already said that we basically should start prepping for war. So buckle up, buttercup. It's gonna be a bumpy ride for all of us. backing up again on why I broke and what that means, especially, you know, concerning this channel and this podcast and why there won't be any Let's Review 2024 episodes in the near future. 
COVID pandemic had a lot to do with that too, as it stripped me of all my independence that I'd worked so hard to acquire. It made the covert ableism I had experienced my entire life in society very overt, with people basically screaming at you, no, I will not allow space for you. No, I won't take into account the fact that this airborne virus could be life-threatening to you. Keep my distance, test myself, wear a mask. And I wasn't even, if you don't want to get the vaccine, fine. But then stay the fuck away from me. Test yourself. Let me know whether or not you are positive so that I can then make a decision. But that apparently was too much to ask for a lot of people. Plus, they pretty much officially yelled at us just to go fuck off and die. And we're or even postulating the possibility of rounding up all the people shoving us into bungalow parks and put a fence around it, pretty much making it an internment camp. And we were not allowed out, but they of course were allowed in. Because no one can deny you access to anything. That is like the definition of ableism. Like, I'm better than you, so I'm allowed to go anywhere and everywhere I please. But no, for you, that's too much hassle. So let's just keep you contained and far, far away from me. And I get to tell you what you get to do and what you can't. But I mean, this was an official proposal made by experts given to the government as a suggestion on how to handle the COVID pandemic. And I completely missed the outrage on that one. That, coupled with the inability to have physical therapy, which is the only treatment that my disability requires. I burned out. I still kept working like 50-75%, but I never really got back to that 100, which for me was 24 hours. And afterwards, it became clear that it wasn't just that. I also needed to switch work environments, so I used that opportunity to go back and try once again to see if I could get back into child services. And finally, yes, I did. And I thought that that maybe would help me and that I would find my mojo again. But no. I ended up in this seriously dysfunctional work environment yet again. These were treated as suggestions, which they did not listen to. Being gaslit, exploited once again. It ended with me getting what I deserved to get paid, seeing my education and expertise. But as I had become accustomed to, unfortunately, those contract negotiations ended with, well, all right, fine, we'll pay you the money, but next time we expect you to be more amenable. That kind of sets a tone. You are not awarding me anything that I didn't deserve, that I didn't work for, that I didn't earn. And this just sets the tone of, I am not happy with you. And also, like, trying to make me feel like I owe them for doing me a favor. Bitch, you were probably still underpaying me. You make money off of me. And as I understood, they made quite a shit ton of money off of people like us. Because somehow they could rent an entire floor of a four-star hotel. And buy all the latest gadgets that no one knew how to operate. You can't tell me that you then do not make a lot of money off of us. Just saying. That's what I know for 100% that they stiffed me was that in the job application it said that you would be immediately awarded a permanent contract and not once but twice they stiffed me and gave me a year contract. So yes, the exploitation, ableism has existed throughout my entire educational and professional career and that coupled with an entire lifetime of that treatment I finally cracked. Although I do think in the end it was necessary and a good thing. I mean, all in all, though I don't like the way it went, I do think that this was just Lady Universe's way of saying, oh honey, you can do so much better. Please do. Grant yourself that grace. Come on, you can do it. And, you know, I'm trying. Despite all of it, and thanks to some very dear friends, I am still here. And I finally, I think, got the memo that Lady Universe was sending me that I really needed to do something else. And I still have a lot of unresolved 
shit to work out and I need to fucking step into my own power. Being the leading lady of my own life. Stop trying to conform. Stop trying to make myself smaller, invisible. Although I was pretty much raised that that was what I was supposed to do because if I only work harder and if I get that degree, people will finally see me. People will finally vet me. But also, you know, don't make waves. Be quiet and, and don't stand out. And <laughs> last year, my therapist actually pointed that out to me where she said, so on the one hand, your mother taught you that you need to excel at everything that you do. But at the same time, she told you, don't make waves. Don't stand out. Try to conform. And she said, I'm not all that surprised that you found that disconcerting and confusing. Plus, I was literally, literally born to stand out. I'm not joking. If I'm walking, you can spot me from literally a mile away. Like, I can cosplay the fuck out of it, but you will still see that it's me because I just got that distinctive walk, people. And I was shamed over it and I was made to feel embarrassed about it. And I realize now, fuck that shit. I need to embrace all the uniqueness that I am and that I have because it is my power. It is my strength. Everything that I experienced, I learned so much from life and about people and also about what truly matters. I don't give a flying fart about money, but I give a fuck ton about justice and equality. Always the narrative was that if you just work really hard, you'll be successful and you'll get power and you get wealth. I mean, it wasn't until they pointed it out to me that I realized how interesting it is. People assume that because of my disability, I'm unable to work full-time. I can only work part-time 24 hours. They all assumed that I got compensated for the hours I could not work due to my disability because my peers without a disability are able to work 32, 36, 40 hour work weeks. I can't because of my disability. And as you might imagine, that comes with a different kind of pay slip. And for me, it was like, in what universe would that actually happen? And then they reminded me in this one, because when you're not born with it and it quite possibly might be Maybelline, you get full compensation. Once you started working and you fall ill to, to whatever reason, you get compensated. Like, I shit you not. If you work, you fall ill permanently, they will compensate you for the hours you lost. And when they said that to me, and they said, well, I assumed that you had that too. I said, no. Now I'm like, yes, they should have done that because I fucking worked for my education and I will never be able to climb out this financial hole that I was born into because of my disability. I will always be on a lower playing field than you. And I think that is what's so fucked up. I worked to the max of my capabilities and yet I would never achieve the same level of success because of that. And on the one hand, I can understand like we're not going to compensate you for work they didn't do. On the other hand, I'm like, therefore you trap us no matter how high of an education we get no matter if we give it our absolute fucking all or die trying we will always live below you and that perfectly matches up with how it really truly is but then the narrative shouldn't be if you work your hardest and you do your most and give your all you will be successful you will be wealthy you will be on top of the world because apparently even if i give my all i will never get there and with me many because like i said having a disability can be quite similarly in how you get treated when you are a person of color a woman i mean the entire system is an ableist racist system that only uplifts a very small certain part of humanity of which a lot of us are not a part of and again i don't care about the money i don't care about the status of it all but i care about the justice and the equity of it all because what broke me was giving it my all and having to realize that no matter how hard i work no matter how much of myself i sacrifice or give 
I will never be good enough for you. That thought was quite depressing, as you might imagine, which kind of gave me a small identity crisis. <laughs> like, what did I just spend the last 20 years of my life on? I could have just stayed at the bottom and did things I actually enjoyed, lived my best life, which is now kind of the attitude that I'm taking. Like, I hope at some point I will actually start doing work that I enjoy and that, that I can earn a living and get some more financial breathing room because that's basically it. Because I got that financial independence and I gotta say, Literally, you breathe easier. You sleep better. It's not a constant worry on your mind. Like now, having fallen back down the ladder to minimum, a little above minimum, currently still a little above minimum wage, but that can change in the next few months, be dropped all the way down, thus meaning that the past 20 years were a waste of time, energy, and a lot of money, and then didn't earn me anything. Because there is not much that I will say that I have earned in this lifetime, because there's only so much as a person that you can actually earn, but this, I think I've earned, especially considering that for anyone else who isn't born with it, you do give them this compensation. And in so many ways, society has screwed me over, exploited me. I think I've earned this for all the hard work that I did, just to give me some breathing room while I heal, while I work on myself until I get back in the game. And hopefully now in a way that it won't destroy me, where I can still pay it forward, but it doesn't have to be at the expense of my own well-being, my own happiness, my own freedom. And that's why I decided that I should go to therapy. Yes, a therapist going to therapy. We are still human, you know, and especially when we notice that something is causing us difficulties, we should go to therapy. So I decided to sign up and I'm about to start after nine months on the waiting list. Jesus. But it's an therapy treatment. It's a year-long treatment and the first 18 weeks, it's three days a week and then it's scaled down to two days a week. Yeah, you could say that that's intent. I mean, it's individual therapy, it's group therapy, it's family therapy. So it's going to be a whole lot of a lot. And I'm thinking about maybe doing podcast episodes about that, but I'm not sure. It really fully depends on what the experience is like, if I want to share at all what I'm going to share, because I don't really know what to expect in the first place. Not really, especially not knowing what it's going to do to me. And therefore, the channel is going to be a little quieter than I think you've been used to seeing in the past year, but I truly hope that finally now getting proper therapy, finally now working on those things that I've struggled with for so long and resolving those, healing from those, frees me, will be liberating so that I can finally, finally start living my life for me because I realized I wasn't living my life according to my wishes, my dreams, my hopes that I'd had for the kind of life I'd wanted. And Oddly enough, with astrology, seeing the talents, the struggles, the life's purpose that it described for me, I started to remember things from my past. And I started to remember who I was before I got so filled with shame and fear and rejection. Like, even though the last year was one of the worst years of my life, simultaneously, I've been the happiest I've ever been. And I think if there's ever a sign that you're on the right path, I think that's it. I will never say that it is easy to pretty much have your midlife crisis, turn your life around and realize that you've spent 20 years of your life working towards a goal. And then when you finally reached it, oh, wait, shit, that wasn't it? Crap. I try to see it as it still had its function. I learned a lot. I became a therapist and I really do in some way, shape or form want to continue using that skill. That's why I started this podcast, because I was trying to unify all the things that I love. And up until now, I have been unable to find an expression of 
have all of those things combined in my life and still have it benefit me in some way, shape, or form because it, it taught me a lot. I think, if anything, becoming a therapist also allowed me to finally understand a lot of shit about myself. It was actually quite validating to learn that the things that I experienced would qualify under parentification, emotional neglect, gaslighting. Learning that made me realize that it wasn't just me. Same when other people validated my experience. Because that's what gaslighting causes. It causes you to start doubting yourself. And my education helped me. Plus, it made me realize that I was a cycle breaker and not just a black sheep in the family. And also really learn and pay it forward the techniques and the strategies that can help you deal with those kinds of traumas. And saying like, oh yeah, see, no, it wasn't just you. There really was something wrong there. And throughout the years, just I met the best friends I could ever want in this field, both in college and in the places I worked, because it wasn't all bad. Management just always sucked ass. But my coworkers were awesome. They did see me and didn't just see a disability. And, you know, even sometimes I changed their perspective and they said, well, I never actually met anyone like you, especially not in this work field. And that's one of the things that I'd hoped to change. And unfortunately now, people in similar situations that I was in when I was younger, the road to where I was able to go to college, where I was able to even become a therapist is now, I think, made impossible due to the way that they've shaped our financial and educational system. And I'd hope that by showing that it can be done, that even with a physical disability, you can still be a value. You can still be an equitable partner if only they would see us. And I thought getting a university degree more than anything would show that because I was the first person in my entire family to go to college, let alone university. But like in my family, so is it in society. They don't give a fuck because they inherently just don't see you for you. And I am done trying to prove myself. I am done trying to get your approval. I want to live my life the way that makes me happy and if while doing that I help other people, win-win. But I've spent 35 years of my life trying to please everyone around me, only now learning that while I was focused on making everyone else comfortable with my uniqueness, I denied myself. Plus, I was never comfortable. I'm, I'm working on fixing that, trying to find my peeps. And, and they are out there. Like I said, I've made some very good friends along the way. But Lord have mercy, it was not easy and it has not been easy. And like I said, this coming year probably won't be easy either. Kind of hard to reinvent yourself, whatever age you are. But it's never too late. So though I'm a little anxious for what's about to come, at the same time, I know I need it. I want it. So I have no idea what part of it I'll be able or willing to share with all of you. I just thought that I will throw this out there. One, to let you know that yes, you can be a therapist and still need therapy. If anything, please do because there's no shame in it. If anything, it's a sign of courage and strength that you acknowledge that you're still struggling and that you need help. And also, sharing your story might actually help someone else. Many people's stories have helped me over the years. And I think particularly watching Hannah Gatsby's Nanette last year moved me to my core, especially the part like what I wouldn't have given to hear a story like mine. And throughout my life, again and again, I have never heard a story like mine. And, and co-workers of mine have said, I've never met anyone like in the workplace. And that's a shame. If people would just make a little room for us, would see us, we all together could make such a beautiful, loving, kind society. Call me naive, but I still believe that embracing our differences, learning and listening to each other's stories is the way that we as a species evolve and survive. I think that's the only way. 
So call me a dreamer. I like to call myself a realist. And, and I had to be real with myself and say, you need some therapy, honey. Go get it. So I did. I will. I am. And I'm at least going to try and do Stargate because that's one of the few things that still truly brings me joy. And I, just, I love that show. Plus, it also allows me to talk about a shit ton of other crap because it so beautifully touches upon these awesome, awesome topics. And I, like I said, I do think that my perspective as a woman, as someone with a disability, as a therapist, I got some little extra extra to add to it. I hope. If not, at least you know, with my dry wit, get a chuckle here and there. I don't know. I'm just seeing it up as I go. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, I have no fucking clue what will happen. I, the only thing I know is that I will continue posting every Thursday about the two broke girls because that show just really always makes me laugh. I recognize so much of myself in Max and see where this goes. Maybe pop out a review here and there. And just if you've been along for the ride, thank you. Hope you stick around for this next chapter, even though as of yet, I am not quite sure what it'll look like, but who knows? I'm all about sharing and caring and, and talking about all the uncomfortable things. So I think you can expect me back sooner or later in whatever way, shape or form. Hell, maybe I even start doing more astrology because like I said, that's really saved me in the past year just realizing that there's so much to learn from that to glean from that it was a nice reminder that we're all here with our own unique purpose and with our own unique skills and talents and reasons and that we have a lot to offer if we just see beauty and all that it entails and that more importantly that we're all connected so with that i'm signing off and i hope to see you back here for some more of whatever we will see it's a mystery for you and for me 